Lord, we ask now that your spirit descend upon us, that you soften our hearts, that you open our hearts, make us receptive to your word, to the movement and the power of your spirit, and that the words that were written so long ago will come alive for us today and will speak truth, speak your truth to us in this time. Bless this time that we have together in your presence. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please stand if you are able for the reading of the word. Our scripture this morning comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verses 11 through 13. Finally, brothers and sisters, farewell. Put things in order, listen to my appeal, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Imagine uh, with me for a moment that you are at a table gathered with uh, lots of family and lots of friends. It could be Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas dinner, uh, Easter maybe, or it could even be uh, a dinner that we have out here in in our fellowship hall. But but just imagine that you're sitting there at that table with, with several people over a meal and you know that there's somebody at that table there with you that, that you're not really getting along with at the moment. Or maybe you know that there's two other people there that aren't getting along at the moment and you're in the awkward position of sitting sort of in between them. And you sort of make small talk and diffuse the situation. But then somebody at the table says, let's pass the peace. And that would seem like a very strange thing to say at the table. Somebody might say, peas, we're not having peas. No, peace, not peas, let's pass the peace. Still, it's strange. That's not something we do at the table. That's something we do here at church when we're making time for the children to come forward for the children's sermon. Paul was talking to the Corinthians. He said, greet one another with a holy kiss. The early church had this very familial thing going on. They used familial language, family language. They called each other brothers and sisters in Christ, and we still do that. We still think of each other as a church family and refer to each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. And, uh, and, and because of the culture they were in, family members, when they would see each other, they would greet each other with a kiss on the cheek. That's just what they did. And so the church, because they felt like a family and they had this familial language and they thought of each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, they would also greet each other with a kiss on the cheek. And so that's what Paul was basically telling them was when you see each other, As members of Christ, the same body of Christ, greet each other with a holy kiss, just as if you're part of the same family. And this tradition, this custom, is is, uh, where we get passing the peace. When we stand up and we greet each other for a few minutes in our service, that's, that's what it's rooted in, is that custom of the early church where they would greet each other with what they called the holy kiss. Now, why was it necessary for for Paul to be talking about this, to be telling the Corinthians to do this when they they see each other? Well, it's because they had strife going on in their church. Now, if you look at the story of the Corinthians, what really happened there was Paul went to Corinth. He preached the gospel. 
A lot of people heard about Jesus and came to know Jesus, and the church started to take off. And then Paul moved on. He had other uh, missionary efforts. He had other places he needed to go. But there in that church, there arose these people called super apostles. That's uh, what they, what Paul calls them anyway. And the best way to imagine the super apostles are probably, I guess, like uh, we would think of the charismatic televangelists of today. They were very charismatic, very convincing, very charming. Uh, the problem was they were teaching something contrary to what Paul had taught them. And so Paul is writing to the Corinthians, and he kind of has to scold them. He, he, he kind of tells them, this is not the gospel you were taught. This is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. And these people that are arising in your, your midst, these super apostles, are leading you astray. But he also knew that it was causing a, a split in the church, a division. Because some people were wanting to hold fast to what Paul had taught, and some people were being led astray by this super apostle or that super apostle. And so there was, there was this, this threat of split, and, and Paul recognized that. And so that's, that's why he's, he's making this, uh, this appeal for them to, to be reconciled, to greet each other with a holy kiss just as family members would. Uh, most of us have seen a church split. Uh, maybe even been a part of a church split, and they're never, they're never pleasant things. Um, I'm not saying that they're never necessary, because there are times where if, if you're in a church and they are just doing something that is completely contrary to what you believe, then you probably need to find a different church. But the problem is, in our culture, uh, we, we take our ball and we go home over any little thing these days. And so you see churches split and, and breaking apart over the silliest things. Uh, Chuck Swindoll, in his, his book, The Grace Awakening, he talked of a church that, that split because uh, half the church wanted to have the coffee pot at the back of the fellowship hall, and then another half wanted the coffee pot at the front so you could get the coffee as soon as you, you walked in the door. And it led to a church split. And that sounds ridiculous, but, but it's a true story. And this week, as I was reading about church splits, there was another one that I thought was, was equally foolish, but it was kind of funny if you think about the irony of it. There was a church, this is a true story, a church split because they could not agree on where to build their parking lot. And so the church split, and, and the, the side that stayed, you know, they, they got what they wanted, and they, they got to put the parking lot over here where they wanted it. And the people who left the church built their church on the other side of the parking lot, and the churches wound up sharing the parking lot. You, you can't make this stuff up. That was the church split. And see, the problem with church splits is they, they rarely ever do uh, anything to fix the underlying problem, which is that we have an inability to live in peace and to live in harmony with each other. Uh, when you're a parent of, of children, you get introduced to um, cinematic gems like Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Uh, my parents were, uh, or my, my kids were, big fans of, of Toy Story. And, um, and you know, as a parent, you, you see all of that, you see those movies. But, but if, if you know anything about Toy Story, you know that there was about 10 years between the second and the third one. So they released this straight to video cartoon called Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. And in this movie, there was uh, these little green aliens, and they were called LGMs, stood for Little Green Men. And the LGMs were bound together by this thing called the Unimind. 
And they all spoke in unison. They all worked in unison. They did everything in unison. And and they were very, very efficient in everything that they did. Well, in this movie, uh, the evil emperor Zerg destroys the Unimon, and all the LGMs just descend into chaos. They can't do anything. They can't even complete the simplest of tasks because the Unimon was what bound them all together. The Holy Spirit is, for the church, our Unimon. Does that mean that we all have to talk in unison and dress alike and agree on everything? No, we still have our individuality. But we are bound together and held together by the Holy Spirit. And that is why Paul tells the Corinthians when he's closing his letters, he says, be of the same mind. Or in the version that I just read, he says, agree with each other. And we hear that and we think, well, wait, do we really have to agree with each other on everything? But most, most scholars interpret that phrase that, that Paul used as meaning set your mind on the same thing. Or in other words, have a common goal. And that's really what the church is about. We have the common goal, which is the salvation of Jesus Christ and to advance his kingdom on earth, to share that salvation with others. Paul is saying, remember your common goal. You all have this in common. Now, Paul kind of goes into a a parental mode where he says, treat each other like family, greet each other with the holy kiss. Basically, Paul is saying, hug and say you're sorry. Now, when you have kids that fight, sometimes you can't get the right story. You hear one child's version, you hear another child's version, and they don't line up at all. And all you can really say is, y'all just hug and say you're sorry to each other. And it doesn't always work. Sometimes they kind of, they, they grumble about it and... You know, they go, go about their business. But, but Paul knew that they needed to be reconciled. This church in Corinth was in danger if they could not hug and say they were sorry. And so he closes his letter with what appears to be uh, just a normal closing, a, a Trinitarian benediction. He says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Full Trinity, the grace of Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. Now, on the surface, that seems like just a regular closing to a letter. But Paul understands the situation. He understands the turmoil, the arguing that's been going on. So he's invoking the full power of God in all three persons. And he does this by reminding them of the grace of Jesus Christ. What does grace do? It forgives. It reconciles. It heals. And, and he's reminding the people of Corinth, and he's reminding us today, that we are all recipients of grace. We have all been forgiven. And if you really reflect on that, and you take that in, and, and you think about how God has forgiven you through Jesus Christ, you can't help but be gracious to other people if you are truly appreciative of God's grace. And then he talks about the love of God the Father. And, of course, it's because of God's love that through Jesus he forgives us and he reconciles us. But God's love extends to all of his creation. And so should our love. And then finally he talks about the communion of the Holy Spirit. And like I said, the Holy Spirit is like our unimind. It's what binds us together. But the great thing is the Holy Spirit doesn't just bind us together. It doesn't just unify us here as a church body. It unifies us with the church everywhere. And it unifies us with the church across space and time. 
In other words, we are bound together with, with believers from centuries ago. We are bound together in, in the Spirit with, with believers who have not even been born yet. Because God transcends space and time, so does His love and His grace, and so does His Holy Spirit that binds us all together. We are all one body in Christ. And that's what Paul is talking about when he says the communion of the Holy Spirit. And as we come together this morning to take communion, as we come to the altar, to the table, we say, make us one with Christ and one with each other. And we also say that we join in with the company of heaven in singing their unending hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of power and might. We do that with the saints in glory because we are bound together with, with the Christians from long ago, the Christians today, the Christians in the future, and even the ones, the saints and the angels in heaven in glory. That's what the Holy Spirit does when it binds us together. When we pass the peace, it's not just something that we do for a few minutes while we're waiting for the children to come forward. Passing the peace is a declaration of who we are. We are one body in Christ. The church's story, our story, is not just limited to here and now and any current squabbles or conflicts that we may currently have. The church's story, our story, is an overarching story that tells where we have been, who we are, who we will be, and where we are going. We are one body of believers connected and bound by the Holy Spirit. That bonding has always transcended time, space, and culture. It certainly transcends any current clatter of confusion and squabbles that we, we have right now. So let's take these words of Paul to heart. Let us put things in order and be of one mind. Let us live in peace. Let us pass the peace. Turn with me to page 12 in your hymnal.